I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., uh, Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are presented by nobody at this moment. DraftKings is our presenter, and I'm still getting used to that in the new year. We got a great <laughs> show for you guys. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and check us out live Monday through Friday on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and Roku. Got a great show for you guys. Uh, Rasheed Rice, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, going to stop by ahead of their Week 18 matchup. Take a look at what's been an interesting season for them, both on and off the field, that we will touch on with Rasheed. But, uh, Dad, we, we talk about that relative to football as last night we had to kind of digest one of our first Thursday nights, in fact, the first Thursday night, yeah. without any form of football. 
this entire fall that we've had. We're looking forward to uh, a final weekend that's got plenty of NFL playoff implications. We've got the college football playoff uh, championship still coming up on Monday. But last night was the first night without the NFL or without college football all fall. How did you feel wading into these waters again? Well, I mean, certainly I, I love turning on the TV and watching football, but I also love turning on the TV and watching sports. So it's what we do. We start to make that turn to NBA, hockey, college basketball. You know, it starts to it starts to get, you know, the object in the in the mirror is getting closer than it seems. Right. It's, it's starting to push upon us because. We know the end date for football is about a month away, February 11th in Vegas, where we'll be for the Super Bowl. And it's a, it's a downer every year knowing it's coming to the end, but we just start transitioning over to the next sport. So, you know, it wasn't football. You got to see basketball last night, you know, Wemby against Giannis. And then we got to see Golden State absolutely destroy the – oh, that's right. They lost that 18 lead in the fourth quarter, which, which we'll get to. So – you know, you, you turn the page a little bit to the NBA, you know, and start looking at other sports. But uh, make no mistake about it. I, I miss football. I love turning on uh, any day of the week and seeing any football game. I was going to say, you were handling this a lot better than I did. I had to, like, take a moment to collect myself. Really? Because it did, I mean, because it does feel like the beginning of the end. Like, once the yeah. normal cadence yeah. of it with no Monday night football and no Thursday night football starts, you realize, and, and I always covering college football selfishly when we get to the end of the college season the regular season and conference championship weekend i take solace in the fact that oh i've got so much more nfl football left but now that we're also creeping up on the postseason there i don't know it's just a little reminder that it go it all goes by very fast but it, uh it, it does but th there's always you know plenty while you're going to focus more on other sports in the games as we know a lot of these sports, especially the NFL and the NBA, are such year-round things. And now college football with basically free agency and the NIL of players, more players that we're going to talk about that are leaving the te their teams, and I have no idea why they're leaving their team, which leads me to believe the they're reason leaving. they're leaving their team is they got a better offer from another team. So, I mean, the, the, the free agency that is hitting, and, and, and there's no – contract like in other pro sports that you have to go through before you get to free agency these college players man they hit the mother load right they can do free agency anytime i mean anytime they want to go hey you know what i'm going to be a free agent you know give me to, to, to the top buyer out there so they have gone from being as, as so many people have talked about, oh, they're persecuted so bad, all they get is a scholarship, blah, 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 to now they're making money and, and they can be a free agent whenever they want. So there is always that plenty to talk about like we will today with that. It's not persecuted, it's exploited. And based on the current market, it seems pretty fair to say that they were exploited based on what we're seeing right now financially coming in for these guys. So I think we were all justified. I think everybody involved in the powers that be in that sport played a stupid game, and now they're winning stupid prizes. And I am going to sit here and laugh my ass off the entire time, just like I did last night. We mentioned, sad that no football was on. And so I got home, and I flipped on the TV, and I actually saw weird. I saw this clip. So Bamani Jones was on the Dominique Foxworth show with Dominique, and I saw him bring something up that was pretty interesting because I had thought we had talked about on the show a while back we're not talking a lot about Victor Wembanyama and we're not talking a lot about no. the Spurs mostly because north of the De or south of the Detroit Pistons 
they're about the worst team in the NBA. While we focused on the Detroit Pistons because they had that historic stretch of uh, losses in a streak, the Spurs haven't been much better. And I saw Bamani Jones liken what Greg Popovich is going through to what Bill Belichick has gone through. Take a listen. So I look at the San Antonio Spurs and I see Bill Bel. By the way, Greg Popovich is living the exact same life as Bill Belichick is right now, and nobody's talking about it. They're the worst team in the NBA, and they've been sorry for four straight years, and there's no defending the sorry that they've been. I at least have seen Bill Belichick's team be good in the last three years. I saw them make the playoffs two seasons ago, right? But part of why Popovich could kick it like he kicked it when they were winning was he had a superstar that was willing to put up with it. No matter who you were and no matter how Popovich talked to you, you had to take it if he was also going to Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan was going to take it and keep it going. That was the thing about Tom Brady with the Patriots was Belichick could kick it like he kicked it. And Tom Brady went along with it, which then meant everybody else had to go along with it. Which is absolutely right and is absolutely the formula. And so with that as the backdrop, I was like, oh, you know what? That is interesting. I'd like to tap in with the Spurs. And lo and behold, we had a game last night where the Spurs played the Milwaukee Bucks, who have the second best record in the East. And the Spurs, like Bo said, are the last place team in the Western Conference. And Dad, this was a banger from almost start to finish. The Spurs kept this game close. They were winning at certain junctures at the end. And I got out of this game what I didn't get out of the Oklahoma City and Spurs matchup when you had Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama out there was direct contact. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Victor Wembanyama had their first on-court meeting because earlier in the year, Vic had an ankle injury and wasn't on right. the court for that game. And Dad, this lived up to the hype at every turn. Giannis finished with 44 points, including two big threes at the end to seal this game. But watching what was the, I think, current you know, title holder of one of the best and biggest freaks in the sport who has come over and established himself as a multi-time MVP and champion. And the guy in Big Vic who wants to be just like him. And in a couple yeah. of spots, got the best of him in a way that was incredibly entertaining. So I went from before this game wondering, all right, have we lost some of the juice on this whole Victor Wembenyama experience? And then seeing what I saw in that game last night and being immediately renewed to the idea that, oh yeah, this guy is absolutely the future. He is, but but I think it's going to be maybe a you know how much in between. It's it's not going to be every night. So because the team is bad, and I don't know when the team's going oh, to get man, good again. And and Popovich is seventy four years old, so I don't know how much longer he's going to keep going. I don't know if they can build a contending team in the time he has left to coach or wants to coach with what they have. Because I agree with Bomani. You know he he got. I'm not going to say spoiled because he had great players and he coached them. Just just what most great coaches do, they get great players and they coach them and they win championships. But so I don't know when this team is going to get here. So, but the good thing about it is, is you can you can kind of scrape that away and just look at the player. You know, and talk about Wemby. How did how does he do against Giannis? How does he do? You know, when he plays against LeBron or AD, how does he do against the other stars in the league? At least you can watch those matchups. Not like football, where you got you know eleven out there or twenty-two on the field at one time, and while one person you can watch a star, a lot of times that person, unless it's the quarterback, has to be fed the ball or has to be away. In basketball, you're always on the court. You're there offensively. I think he had what uh, twenty. 
2027 last night. He shot to 10 of 18. He had five blocks. He blocked Giannis one time in this game as well. But you can watch the individual play. So I do like that. I love what Giannis said about him after the game. And I don't know where I'm hearing that either. He's acting like people are saying Wemby's only seven foot. I don't know of anybody who said Wemby's only yeah. seven foot because Giannis is like, I don't know who's saying he's only seven foot. That guy's not seven foot. I'm like, I don't think anybody's been saying yeah, he's seven foot. We don't know foot. either. He's, he's been no, seven I mean, four this I, entire yeah. time since I, we started I, I talking never, about the world's yeah. largest Frenchman. So that's, that's the beauty of basketball is you can watch the individual play. I mean, you sit there and you look at Memphis. You know, they're a bad team without John Morant. We'll see how much they can come back. You know, they have a big-time losing uh, record right now. I think they're, what, 11-23. and 23. But now that Jaw's back, I mean, they're going to play the Lakers, uh, I believe, tonight. So, I mean, so that's what you look for, right? I mean, A, how much better can this, this team getting with them? But you get to watch John Morant. That's the beauty, I think, of the NBA is while it's a team sport, you can watch these individual stars. And in this case, watch a young man who I believe just yesterday turned 20 in, in yeah. Big Vic. So, I mean, we have, we have some time to watch this guy blossom. The thing I was wondering, and I, I want to go back and look this up, what was LeBron James' record his rookie year? Like what happened year. with the Cavs again that year? Because the one thing that I was thinking about is this had been the most heralded prospect since LeBron James. That was the tagline for Victor yes. Wembanyama coming into this draft. And we have not treated it that way at all. Like I've been amazed at the restraint of the general public. And maybe this is a football season phenomenon. And I'm not saying I want this to happen to dude, but at the same time, we generally are not this forgiving when we perceive you one way. And then the results go this poorly for you. Even if it's the first rattle out of the box, it seems like we've actually afforded Victor Wembanyama the space to learn and the opportunity to go out here and grow because we recognize oh this team is so bad because usually when we see star player and bad team especially in basketball like you mentioned dad where there is more of a singular feel and the effect one player can have we're usually like all right you're that good you're supposed to make this team a lot better than the last place team in the western conference and then that's usually where we start the arguments that wind up on first take so I, I'm looking, I see Cleveland was 35 and 47. If I'm looking at the right year, I think it was 2003, 2004. And they were, they were 30, they finished outside of the playoffs. They were 35 okay. 30, uh, and 47. That's, uh, that's where they were uh, that year. So, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, that was the young LeBron coming over from, <laughs> from Akron. But uh, so uh, I, I, the Spurs aren't even going to do that. They're, they're not hitting those wins. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where they end up in this. But like I said, because it's an individual sport that you can watch these guys grow, we will. I'm, I'm trying to quickly look at what his stats were, LeBron's, as a, uh, as a rookie. Because Wemby, I think, is averaging about, about 19 points a game uh, right in that area there. And you go back to LeBron, LeBron averaged 20.9 um and five rebounds five assists so you know Wemby could end up being right around there from the point total but that's where that's where LeBron was his rookie rookie year shot a little over 41 percent uh uh actually 29 percent from three-point land Victor was I think two of eight last night he'll throw him up there ain't no doubt about that he will throw up some threes
No, he will. LeBron James, the interesting part is LeBron James was rookie of the year that year. And right now, Victor Wembanyama, because of the Chet Holmgren injury last year, right. Chet still technically yep. qualifies for rookie right. of the year. And right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, Chet Holmgren's the odds-on favorite to win rookie of the year based on his performer. We know Oklahoma City, it's obviously gone a lot better there for them. But I, 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 I part of me is proud of us for not actually going and starting to skewer this dude right now. We've seen everyone take a different approach, too. We just talked about Pop. Uh, we never have seen bill belichick act differently in public so it's hard to really couch if he's done that privately right, as right. things have changed there in new england greg popovich seems like a different dude right now like watching yeah. him he seems almost gentle with this like understanding i have to take a different tact he's even giving answers to sideline reporters now during games i'm blown <laughs> away <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right. Whenever you go to the sideline reporter, you're wondering what you, which pop are you going to get? Is the game going bad? You know, is he going to give a two-word answer? Is he going to give that, you know, kind of raised eyebrow uh, look? But, yes, now he's like an older father putting his arm around his son rather than kicking his son in the butt, right? And I think for sure he's going to do that with Wemby, at least in the beginning until he gets his feet wet. Uh, a little more in the league. But, yeah, I, and, you know, and we, we've talked about guys adapting before, head coaches, especially guys that have been around forever, adapting not only to young players, but to players of this generation who are, you know, a little different and brought up a little differently than players of an older generation. As a quick aside, and it doesn't matter, and I don't, I don't care enough to, to rant and oh, rave about it, but I completely disagree with this. If you got hurt your rookie year, you're a rookie the next year and can win the award. That's ridiculous. Oh, because even though you're hurt, you're still in a pro, you're with a pro franchise, you're working with them, you're getting to be around them, see them, see how it all works. You're not coming as a true rookie from college or at one point way back when, high school and probably again soon, or, or from Europe and coming over to the NBA. I, I think that's a ridiculous rule. But again, it's not worth me ranting and raving about because, you know, I don't care enough. But it seems odd. Oh, yeah, you were hurt your rookie year? Okay, you're a rookie again next year. Um, no, you're not. That's yeah, all. no, I, I tend to agree. It does feel – it's one of those things that just doesn't quite feel right. I, I sort of get the logic behind it, but I'm with you in that it doesn't feel quite as uh, uh, genuine or right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. either way, congrats. Uh, Chet's having a great season. It's been a lot of fun. Next time yep. they play, I need the energy that we had with Giannis and Wemby here where we've got Giannis – I mean – getting the ball and switching to make sure he gets the matchup on Wemby and gets to drive down there and remind him, I'm you with like 30 more pounds of beef tacked on. Yeah. I've done the work and I am going to bully you accordingly. Giannis was sensational down the stretch of that game, even though the Bucks defensively, really since Drew Holiday left, haven't quite been the same outfit that they were under Coach Bud. So that's certainly a little bit of a cause for concern with them, but it was fun to see that individual matchup and actually get what we paid for. <laughs> It's, it'll be interesting to me how we see Wemby develop. Because you, you mentioned Giannis, especially what he looked like early in his career to now. He, he put on some muscle, right? And the, obviously, the taller you are, it might be more difficult. Will Wemby be able to do that? Because you go back to guys that are that tall, like a Sean Bradley, way back when with the Sixers. I mean, they had him on weight gain stuff all the time in Philadelphia. He could never really gain weight. The guys that are, you know, obscenely tall, not the seven-footers anymore, God forbid, that's not tall enough, but the 7'2", now the 7'3", 7'4", 7'5", when Manute Bowl 
uh, was in was in the league way back when. I think his kid Bobo right is playing now. I, I believe yep. that's his kid. I mean, uh, who's who's unbelievably tall. Can these guys put on weight? We keep saying when Wendy Wendy matures because he again he just turned twenty. But is he going to be able to do that? I'm sure he'll he'll get stronger. But it'll be interesting to see if he can put more beef on as well. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that it, it all depends. Like, you look, obviously, we've got the Giannis example on one side. But then on the other side, you've got Kevin Durant, who's never really exactly. added meaningful yep. weight to his frame, is basically a seven-footer. But he's gotten stronger. He's gotten better at right. how he uses his body. He still came in as a better and smoother scorer than anything Victor Wembanyama will ever represent. But that's yes. also another four or five inches tacked on and all of the extreme length in his body that sort of makes them not a perfect comp. And I'm not saying he's going to need that, but he's in a position to where we don't really have that five anymore, but still he's in a position where he's going to bang more, right? Uh, because of where he's going to play. He's going to be in the paint a lot more. And remember all that was made of Kevin Durant, you know, only benching the 185 and their their strength yeah. test coming out of college and everybody like, oh my God, as he is very well proving don't need it. <laughs> don't, as, as my dad used to say, they don't bring the bench onto the football field, you know. <laughs> Kevin Durant, don't bring the bench press out in the middle of the court. I don't need that. Nope, it's worked out pretty well for yeah. him, I have to say. Uh, by the way, in a transition, I have always wanted to make. Speaking of banging, did you hear Giannis after their game the other night against the Pacers? Yeah. Uh, oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the Bucks had at that point lost four straight times to Indiana, including back-to-back, -back, I believe, here. And this was what Giannis had to say after the game about the feeling. You have that, uh, and you think about it. Now when you go back home, and you sleep, and you wake up, you think about it. Now when you go back and uh, work out, you think about it. You know, when you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it, <laughs> you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's good because now it gives us time to fix things. I love how big of a toddler this guy still is because you suffer. If you're not watching on DraftKings Network or YouTube, the little smirk on his face right before he went to add the last part about getting freaky because yeah. no one loves talking about sex online or in the media quite like Giannis he had that little smirk like I know what I'm wow. about to do I'm gonna get freaky but you know what I'm thinking about the Pacers and I'm gonna get freaky I you know I don't know if people are gonna be you know he's with are gonna be really or person he's with is gonna be real happy to hear about that uh that his mind might be elsewhere but the Pacers did go what four and one against them they're done playing in the regular season uh, this year, uh, Pacers got or, or Bucks got just one win on them. So, I, especially around playoff time, if they're to match up, I bet he thinks even more about that. I wonder if like the Pacers are the source of arousal, or if he's trying to calm down <laughs> thinking about the Pacers. That's the part I can't figure out about all this. Are the pace are the Indiana Pacers an aphrodisiac? In this essay, I will. Uh, coming up next, we will pivot hard away from this uh, and take a Thank look you. at. The aforementioned free agency in college football. Next time, go join Golo. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? 
Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. i just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, before we get to the free agency in college football, some big news that happened yesterday, and people trying to do the running backs don't matter debate in college sports now. I hate you. Um, Dad, <laughs> we said yesterday on this road, on this show, incorrectly, that, oh, you know what? It seems like LeBron James and the Lakers turned over a new leaf. Usually, yeah. if, if you'd just been casually paying attention to the nba there had been a phenomenon that existed almost every year lebron's been in the league that i would call the lebron james january meltdown where he would come out with some passive aggressive tweet or say something to the media exhausted after yet another loss or whatever team he was on and then it would be followed up usually by a roster transaction we're getting close to the trade deadline in the nba and something would happen and i was amazed like oh we'd had this in-season tournament win things haven't been sweet since then but we still haven't had anything crazy and then almost as soon as we finished up the show yesterday the report from shams over at the athletic that there is reportedly a deepening disconnect between darvin ham and the lakers locker room six sources with direct knowledge of the situation say raising questions about the head coach's standing a lot of this connected to the disjointedness between the team and coach stemming from extreme rotation and starting lineup adjustments recently so dad never mind that train is always on time it really is i mean this is a team we, we talked about it yesterday it's been struggling since the in-season tournament I'm, i don't know how much we're really saying that caused it since it was two extra games uh that were played outside of the schedule so i even though your stars are older and lebron and ad but remember the beginning of the season and it started right out lebron is going to play 29 39 minutes a game what is it the last um how many games that he's that he's played 37 minutes a game i mean so he he's playing a ton uh because they need him to he had a what a low of what 12 points the other yeah. night so how much effect is it going to have going forward are we going to start to see a little more rest uh with these guys so they can gear up for some kind of playoff run because right now it's basically them and golden state battling for that 10 slot but as i said earlier it's not like the lakers you know, have been up in the one, two, three hole of the Western Conference. They haven't been. But for years, you and I over at ESPN would talk about January. Okay, what's LeBron going to complain about? What's going to be the issue with the team that he's on? And you're right. I thought we were skating through that until you have Austin Reeves saying the mood of this team is blank, you know, about just how bad it is Crappy. there right now. And, and, and you know, what's going to happen is that that's going to fall on the head coach. Now, do you do something like that during the season? I mean, to try and spruce things up? Because as we know, whatever team LeBron's on, it's a year-to-year -year situation where you have to do everything you can. It's kind of like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady bopping around to a different team. You better do everything you can because you don't know how long. And while LeBron has absolutely just 
destroyed us with with his longevity, and we just keep going, my God, how does he keep doing Tom Brady is one thing, 45 years old, playing quarterback in the NFL is incredible. But what you have to do on the court, and LeBron's still dominating the way he does at times at 40 years old, is ridiculous. Yeah, LeBron James suffering the same end to his career that maybe Bill Belichick did, where LeBron, the GM now, uh, not quite what he once was in the player acquisition portion of things. And to be clear, we don't know if LeBron James is one of the six sources, but... Right. Probably. So uh, we've got that going on in the association right now. But Jesse, we got free for all going on in college football right now. It continues. I made the mistake of going online and actually looking at all the quarterbacks in the portal. And my God, that is a robust list. Yeah, before we get to that portal news, let's talk about really quick about, you know, the national championship that's coming our way on Monday Mm -hmm. night. Real quick before we get into all that, we're going to talk more about this, obviously, uh, on Monday. But on Twitter, I'm not calling it X. I refuse to. Washington Ever. defensive tackle Fatui Tuitelli shared the Huskies' approach to the game, saying, I remember during fall camp, uh, we had some former dogs talk to us. I don't remember who said it, but someone said, it's not about going 15-0. and It's about going 1-0 15 times. One more 1-0 to go. Guys, um, I remember reading something that this is how uh, people, they teach people who are in the military how to get through torture. It's like you get through a minute at a time. You don't think about the torture as a whole. So this is obviously a more positive approach here. One more one and no to go. Can the Huskies do it? What are your like quick thoughts on national championship before we jump into transfer portal stuff? Well, my quick thought here was you went through Fatui Tui Tele with a level of ease that most broadcasters would yeah. really try and attain. I was, I looked down at that and I was because I called two Washington games this year. There are a lot of polysyllabic last names on that team that could trip you up if you're not careful. So shout out to you on that one. My flag, because it's, it's nice once you've gone through it a couple of times to just be able to like low-key throw names in there. Yeah. The amount of times in the lead up to the semifinal games where I would just so I could flex on the name like he's important to the team and he's an important factor but we don't think of Washington's defense all that much and I was like oh yeah Tuli Latuli Nasanoa I would just throw that one into casual conversation to let people know I'm about that life you're about that life yeah I'm not gonna lie I practiced quite a few times before I had to say it out loud <laughs> yeah it's uh it's there it's it's very daunting so shout out to you thank you I'm mean, Listen, we, we got, we'll break this down a lot on Monday, but I, I lean over to the defensive side on a real quick note. Uh, you look at how much pressure Michigan put on Jalen Milrow on that offensive line, and even Nick Saban said after we got exposed in a couple places on the offensive line. Remember, they had a true freshman left tackle, Proctor, who is a monster, but he's a true freshman, and he had some growing pains along with others on that old line. You know, for Washington, Mike, it's, Penix has only been sacked 10 times. So, and that's a combination of that O-line. Remember, this O-line won the Joe Moore Award as the best O-line in the country. And also Penix's ability to escape and slide away from pressure to get the ball downfield. So that was a big part of Michigan's win over Bama is, is the effect they had on Jalen Milrow in that offense in the second half where they got Jalen out on the run a little more. So I'm interested to see if Washington might can stick with their normal offense, whether it's quick release or long balls down the field, because long balls down the field, you need time in the pocket. Will Washington be able to hold up on a team like Michigan who had 39 sacks for the year and can really get after the quarterback? 
Yeah, the difference in the game is going to be can they get him down because Texas had opportunities. They just couldn't get him down. And yep. that had been the biggest. We talked to Nate Tice about this earlier in the week, and he's right. When you'd watch Michael Penix during the year, the biggest difference between the way he was discussed then, which is still Heisman Trophy finalist, great quarterback, right. and the way he's discussed after this game is the response to pressure. During the year, if you got Michael Penix Jr. off his point, all of a sudden the passes could get a little bit more errant. He was chucking darts through keyholes in this game when he was under pressure and he was under pressure a lot the other side's even more worrisome though dad and i i, I saw um parker fleming stats of war on twitter I, I think summed it up really well there's a lot more ways it feels like michigan can win this game because of how complete they are as a team like texas during yeah, that game yeah. we know sark's wired to want to go after big plays he was never going to turn this into a downhill ground and pound for the entire day even though he probably should have Michigan will do that. Like, if Michigan feels the need, we saw in the Penn State game, they'll line up and they'll run the rock over and yep. over and over again. And it's going to be, can Washington create one or two moments on defense which right. is what they've been able to do during this stretch right to give the ball back to their offense and then it's almost like playing the service academies like the idea was you need big plays and you got to get up on them early because you got to change the game script and make them drop back and do things they're uncomfortable with jj mccarthy can make plays but if it turns into a full-blown shootout that's the way washington wins this game yeah, listen, if, if Washington gets up on them, it's more difficult, for, in my opinion, Michigan to come back than if Michigan gets up on Washington, Washington's ability to come back. Because they can strike one play, and they're, they're back in this thing. They could just throw the 50-50 ball up, you know, and get back in this game. And, I don't, and Michigan, Michigan, I think, overall is a better team. Michigan can control this game and control the clock, but Washington can score quickly and put it on you or they can do a long drive as well so that that's why i still at the end of the day go with washington in this one yeah i i i do too but man you 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 look back at what michigan has you know been able to do certainly this entire year but we know the last month has been where they've faced competition that's worth even grading on and even that game against Alabama, that was a humbling reminder as we had all gotten so drunk and fat and happy on what Alabama had done the last month of the season that Michigan, Ohio State, I mean, those are teams that are right now staring eye to eye and Ohio State has been with anybody in college football and gave us that reminder on a massive stage. So I am, uh, I don't know, I I'm very excited for this matchup. I said to someone the other day that the Washington offense against the Michigan defense is the closest thing we will get in college to the 49ers offense against the Raiders Ravens defense we got in the NFL. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Portal news, we got Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins officially entering the transfer portal. He put a statement out on Twitter thanking Rebel Nation, saying it's a business decision. It's what's best for him to enter the portal. So, guys, this year he became the first SEC player since Herschel Walker with 15-plus touchdowns in each of his first two college seasons. So one of the top running backs in college football, now a free agent, if you will. What do we make of this news? Where could he land? I mean, it could be any number of places. He's one of those players. Yeah. Like, running back's a universal solvent position. We just saw that um, happen with uh, Etienne's brother at Florida, who left and just right. went right across the aisle at the cocktail party to Georgia and is now going to have a really good time in a way that I saw bothered a lot of Florida fans. But, uh, Dan, anyone would be lucky to have this dude. I-, I saw people starting to have the wonder about the marketplace for running backs and would it be some of the same pitfalls that we've seen in the NFL. And my thought is that this is college football. Like, there are still – when you're that much better than your peers at what you do in college football, because by and large across the board, as a former very dead dog average college football player, most are not very good, you're absolutely worth your weight in gold even at that position and I think Quinshawn Judkins is going to find that out so I'm not going to lie I'll be completely honest here this is a tangent that I didn't see becoming this prevalent okay I, I thought the portal which would be great okay guys it's a bad situation for them or maybe they're not playing and again you only have four or five maybe seven years <laughs> as we have a player going back for his seventh year. Hell yeah. Uh, to, Alan Bowman, to, to, my hero, yeah. go back and never leave. Going yeah. back for his seventh year at Oklahoma State, I saw Tom Fornelli tweet, he was in the same recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. He is a hero. And let me say, I tell these kids all the time, stay in college as long as you can. You know, obviously, unless you're one of the top percent of that's going to go high in the NFL and make all that money, man, just stay. But, but one of the tangents, Mike, that I didn't see was players who are doing well at a place leaving for the bag. Okay. Again, I saw it for, if you weren't playing much or it was a bad situation, I need a fresh start somewhere. I mean, Judkins two years in a row. I mean, 1500 over 1500 yards is a frost and almost 1200 yards this year. And as Jesse mentioned, 16 touchdowns last year, 15 this year, he's one of the best backs in the sec. We're close to one of the best backs in the country and he's moving on and, and it's going to be about money. I mean, I, I I'm not going to lie. I didn't see a lot of this coming. Um, as far as whether you stay to school and then if you're not getting enough money from them, you leave, see Kyle McCord at Ohio State going from Ohio State to Syracuse. You leave Ohio State where they have five-star after five-star, which can help make you look better than maybe you are at times. And if you don't like the money they're offering, you ditch somewhere else. I mean, I, I, I'm somewhat, you know, we'll talk about Will Howard, the quarterback, you know, Kansas State who is now transferring to Ohio State and looks like he'll be the starting guy. Listen, Will Howard, congrats to you, but what kind of, did he get a bag? It doesn't sound like Ohio State wants to give out a bag, but Will's leaving to go there, maybe to play with better players. I don't know, but this 
really doing well where you are and still moving then uh, for a better bag somewhere, that's something maybe I should have seen coming a little more than I have. Well, I, I do think it's not solely just that too like the Kyle McCord situations I think a little bit different because again he's being graded relative to the success of Ohio State quarterbacks that have come before him and he wasn't as good as any of those quarterbacks no. full stop and maybe it's you know the the feelings the you know the devil you know versus the devil you know and the things that come with that but like you look around dad at um you know uh Trevor Etienne that decision he went from a Florida team that was bad to a Georgia team that is good easy to right. understand quit john judkins could very well wind up at bama or any of the other top flight programs that he have could. a much more realistic path to the national championship while also getting a pay increase like old miss has been great the last few years but they've not yes. cracked that group of teams that we talk about as a legitimate national title contender and so if you can also be paid and have a real opportunity to do that in a way that interests you maybe that's a part of the equation as well has these has signing day lost its luster to you I mean, it's great for the player. It's great for the 18-year-old who gets to, you know, pick a hat or sign or, you know, have the big press conference and decide where he wants to go. But I guess from the – so for them and their families, that's cool. But on the outside looking in, do we give a damn anymore? Because that could be the number one – I had one fun on signing day this year. School. What's that? I had fun on signing day this year. I mean, I, I guess my thought is great – for the immediate great for the the micro but the macro is next year they could be somewhere else you know and and, and very easily and and prob and quite honestly odds say they will be probably somewhere else so to me it's kind of lost it's it's like oh he went there okay talk to me in a couple of years let's see if he's still there so for me, it has. I, I get it for those players, how it's still cool for them and playing in the Army All-American game and Under Armour All-American All game. That's all cool stuff. It was all really neat when you guys were coming up, and I, and I dug it, and I, and, and I hope they are as well. But for someone that sees how talent develops and see, okay, they chose here and where they're going, it's lost its luster for me. Because they make this big thing about, oh, my God, he chose Ohio State. Alabama, Georgia has the best recruiting class, you know, in the land. And now Alabama's got eight, you know, guys in the portal, two heading over off to the NFL. You know, they just they just leave. Yeah, but I think it's still an overall indicator of the healthier program. Like some of the guys leave, but in general, if you're bringing in top flight recruiting classes, and this is again where I encourage people to buy in bulk, you're looking at the overall number on there. You're looking at how many years they've been tangent to that number. How many, you know, I mean, like I went back and looked at Georgia uh, leading up to one of the games and discussions we were having. You know, the last time Georgia, according to 24-7, didn't have a top five recruiting class? Yeah, it's been a while. Been like eight two thousand sixteen. It? it was the two thousand sixteen. Yeah. It was the first year that Kirby Smart got to Athens. Was yeah. their la and it was the sixth ranked recruiting class. Every other year they basically flirted with one or two. And while there are players that have come and gone, even from Georgia, we saw they had a list of transfer yeah. players before yeah. the Orange Bowl. It was not as robust as Florida State, and they were no. not impact players the same way that it was for Florida State. But they had guys that chose. Hey, I'm at Georgia. I'm at what we think of as the zenith of the sport. I'm going to go try and find another place because the fit's not there for me. But Georgia has rolled in top five class after top five class. So even if you get a little bit of attrition off that, it's still a pretty strong indicator of the health of your program. And so I think those things are all still true. If your program signs a top five class and then starts to do that consistently, yeah, you're going to lose some guys. But also, Dad, I think there's another part of this that starts to show up that we saw in bowl season where – 
I didn't agree with everyone trying to characterize what Flor happened with Florida State as a you know a, a flaw in the the integrity or the character of their program type right. thing or the health of their program but at the same time it's hard to look at what Georgia and Alabama have had happen the last couple of years with guys that have chosen to play in the bowl games that aren't in the CFP and not say all right you know what that is at least a positive sign about the way Alabama and Georgia are doing business yeah. in some regard where people see value in that and there's continuity in the roster because of that so there are indicators all over the place that are still tied to some of these old metrics that show to me your program's moving in the right direction I, and, and listen, I don't want to make it sound like I think the college game is becoming worse because of what the college game is just changing. That's all. And while I'm, as I said, I'm happy for these players, I'm not as into the signing day because I know a high percentage of guys are probably going to leave. Again, I'm not saying it's ruined the game. I don't think it has. Ratings are great. Games are still great. So I'm all in. What's going to get interesting to me now as we continue in kind of the new way with the portal and NIL and things like, and the timing of the portal is next year we're going to have another first in college football. We're going to have a 12-team playoff. And if you look at it this year, just looking at, you know, the, the, the standings of where the top 12 are, We've already had, you know, in the top four, nobody really bailed. Though Malik Murphy did, the backup for Texas, he was gone. You know, he's one play away from could have been out in the field, and he left. How many of the top 12? We know everybody's not staying because of the portal timing. So you wonder in those teams down the line going to 12 if you're going to have players that are still going to bail because they want an opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, I think, and the one thing I've kind of repeated is the stock line over and over again is we are truly, and it's always been this way, but all politics are local when it comes to the way decisions are going to be made around teams and for players right now. It's going to be hyper-specific situations tailored to these rosters that we're going to all have to parse through because not every player entering the portal will be the same. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, before we get to our Golik Acrostic NFL preview, which is coming up for week 18, we have digested as much of the playoff implications and machinations as we possibly can. We have looked at the pivotal matchups, and we are going to make sure that you are locked and loaded heading into the weekend. Dad is going to be on call for arguably the game of the weekend and the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins that will have defined stakes by the time that we get to that game. So yeah. we'll get you all yes. locked and loaded on that but dad we're probably running up on the end of the week where i think you can use happy new year as a greeting it's january 5th that first week people always have the debate on how long can you use that as a right. greeting because we're all just looking for ways to make social interaction easier would you agree this is probably the cutoff where after this weekend done saying happy new year to people even if i've seen you for the first time you got to just move on to hey what's up hello after this so there, there are there are two things there how long and jesse i'd like you to hear your thought on this as well I agree. I think the first week uh, or you get a week of it and you're done. But also, when should you have to take your Christmas tree down? Because our trees are still up. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're still up. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's, that's two things. When do you stop saying Happy New Year? And when do all your Christmas decorations need to be down? If I haven't seen somebody, I'm going to say Happy New Year at least until the end of January. Like, it's the first really? month of the new year. If I haven't seen wow. someone, if I'm seeing them for the first time, be like, hey, good to see you. Happy New Year. Like, because I haven't seen you since last year. So I think I probably whip that, that bad boy out until probably the end of January. <laughs> As for the tree, 
Um, I will say that I just don't know if mine's coming down because I got a baby coming in February. <laughs> and <laughs> like at this yes. point, I'm just like, you know, you look at it and you're like, I, I got to take all these down and like yeah. wrap every <laughs> ornament and put it in a box. And that's not even taking the tree down, you know? Like, I right. don't even know if the ornaments are coming off. I don't blame you. So, and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It's cold here. We're in New England. So I feel like at least I could keep it up at least through like the end of February. We can leave the Christmas lights up till January. Yep. This is our house. We make the rules. Uh, and honestly, Jesse, that is a perfect segue into a trend that I've seen going around on social media. Shout out to majority young white women for making the ins and outs lists for 2024. <laughs> Uh, happen here everyone's gone into their notepads and done their little list of things that, and it's it's all like wonderful a lot of it's like therapy speech it's it's beautiful it's lo I, I love whatever works for everybody here go ahead and do your thing I thought I would try and put together a list of my ins and outs for 2024 to share with you guys here and starting with the ins Jesse you actually hit on one of the first ones that I want to add to the list which is leaving Christmas decorations up. I have often advocated for Christmas decorations to go up early at the beginning of November. I think you can keep them up realistically through Valentine's Day. For just the reason you mentioned as a reformed Northeasterner who's now an expat to the West Coast, it is cold and dark out there. You need anything you can to fight the seasonal depression. So I say leave your lights up. They're a source of joy. They're a source of warmth in the home. Dad, that's a pretty easy in, right? I completely agree. And even if it's you look at it like Jess, Jesse said and you're like, God, I just don't want to deal with that. That's okay, because you know what? It looks nice. The only time I would take my tree down quick was when I had live trees, and we had, while I was still playing, uh, you guys were young, we had the place in Orlando, and we'd go there in the off-season, and I would take, or take the tree down if it was there because I'd throw it in the little lake we had behind the house to make sure you know the bass had a place to go so I knew where to catch them. So that was one of the reasons I took a real tree down early. <laughs> there we go. Chestnut checkers move. That's hysterical. Boom. All right. Uh, other in I had here, uh, the college football, EA Sports college football video game that's going to be released this upcoming summer. I saw the guys over on Jenkins and Jones talking about this. I cannot wait for yeah. the inevitable shift back in identity for a lot of people like i consider myself a very progressive college football fan i like player mobility i like all the new changes in the sport those are things i generally support but as those guys pointed out it is not going to be very long before i am lobbying congress in the video game for nil guardrails to try and make sure that my team can stay together yep. it is going to turn all of us into the most old crotchety conservative coach on planet earth when now all of a sudden it's our team on dynasty mode and i can't wait for that Yep, good Good luck going year to year on that with players switching teams on how that's going to be. But we know the players will get money, so that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be paying illegally, legally. Our parking lot outside the facility is going to look like a Maserati dealership. Um, ins for 2024, Dad. Lake Tahoe, you got to get invited back to that tournament. We went out. You were playing in the American Century Classic last yeah. year uh, out there in Lake Tahoe. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And so I've decided that you have to do everything in your power to go back because I have to do everything in my power to go back. It's one of the things that, that you see all the time and you're like, man, it looks great. And then you get the opportunity to go. And one of the few things I said lived up 100% to what I, we have all watched on TV to go there and how, how, how great it was, how nice everybody was, how well it was run. 
it was fantastic. So, and, you know, I was doing everything in my power. My golf will not get me back, but there can only be one winner. And there's a lot of people that were down at the bottom like I was. So I had a ball. We had a ball with a lot of people. So, Mike, believe me, I'm hoping, your mother's hoping, Jay, everybody in the family is hoping that we can take a trip back to Tahoe. <laughs> I would say you mentioned there can only be one winner. I generally tend to agree. That being said, national championships in for 2024. Getting to experience my team winning a national title in the Notre Dame lacrosse team this last yes. spring yeah. was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever been a part of. I've experienced it in the past with Notre Dame women's basketball, but it had been a little bit. And remembering that feeling because on the football front, it's been a little while and I've been a part of some close but no cigars. Winning national championships, I've had a tortured relationship with it i can hardly ever watch trophy presentations getting to watch it again and doing that one in person electric experience 10 out of 10 would recommend well i just i just love it for the fact of of as a player that's what you're working for and when you know whatever sport you're playing when it, the, that game ends and you're the champs and you could look around at your teammates and give them a hug and know you've done it it's got to be the coolest experience i never got to uh, uh, you know have that your your uncle Bob, my brother Bob, was the only one. You know, they, they won a national championship yeah. in '77 at Notre Dame. You guys were a game away uh, from doing that, but you didn't get it. So, what what an incredible feeling! All right, uh, I want to get to the outs here. The last yeah. couple ins were mushrooms, uh, two beers, and the brotherly shove. Those mm -hmm. uh, don't really need any explanation. Mushrooms are no. awesome. Uh, two beers and not being hungover, great time. And the brotherly shove, I'm glad we got a victory over the losers yep. who were trying to defeat it. Outs for 2024, Roman numerals. Sick and tired of them. Sick of having yeah. to do the math with the Super Bowl. It's a stupid yeah. thing we decided to do, and we can absolutely opt out of that. So I am all aboard getting rid of Roman numerals once and for all the plague on society that they are I, I'm, I'm good with that especially when you have to start doing the the little numbers before the big numbers to go to a littler number you know like where you know at 53 you get you know you know the the l line 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 whatever but then four it's all of a sudden l line v you know and yeah i'm i'm not a big fan like, of what do we do not 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 no. a big fan at all of that so i agree with that other one on a rule change thing uh fumbling out of the back of the end zone i'm yeah. thinking about switching my allegiance from being incredibly against that rule to actually now being okay with that rule because we treat the end zone so differently when it comes to scoring opportunities it actually makes some logical sense we would treat it differently when it comes to the defense being rewarded with the touchback as a defender i should love that rule but i hate that rule i i i'm trying to think of what the answer should be but i don't like that rule at all and i do hope it gets changed yeah, just stop fumbling out of the back of the end zone. Uh, other that outs, would, the NCAA, uh, out on them, yeah. fully done with them. Losers, for, for a while. we don't need any more of that. Um, yeah. Sorry, they behave like losers and idiots. They themselves right. are not losers right. and idiots. Exactly. Complaining about college football changes, uh, calling it the wild, wild west, out, done. So sick of it. There's just no need. I mean, you, 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 can, you can talk about, like I did with guys that are playing well somewhere and still transferring. It's a tangent I didn't really see, but... Listen, I, I'm with you. I'm not complaining. We're in a new era, man. Adapt or die. Adapt or die. College football is still one of the great spectacles out there to watch. The last two outs, Netflix sports documentaries, none of them lived up to the hype. 
that nope, whole series none. just didn't do it gave away too much in the name of getting the host to sit down and then the last one that's out and guys we should be happy about this skinny jeans it was around yep. for a while and gen z decided we're going back to straight cut and comfortable i oh, love yeah. it this is yep. fantastic the one thing i wore a lot with gen z online now they have decided that comfort is fashion again and we should actually all thank them Boom. for it Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.